0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Welcome okay. into another episode of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCrady, Chris Landry with me here today as well. We've made it to the month of March in 2021, which means that we're about closing in on the big one-year anniversary. In fact, uh next week when we open the show we'll probably talk about that a little bit where we we've made it a year since that moment in Oklahoma City when Rudy Gobert was positive for the coronavirus and the sports world and all worlds for what that's worth uh, changed dramatically in the course of the next 24 hours and we're still feeling those effects um, almost a full year later. Chris how are you?
1: Neil doing well Uh, yeah it's been a year. It's hard to believe. Um, yet it feels like it's been five years and yet it mm-hmm. seems like it's time pretty quick, come a long way. I didn't know what to expect when it happened. I don't know that anybody did. Maybe some people that are in the medical field feared it, knew it, what have you, but I didn't know what to expect. I, I would say though, that not knowing what to expect that anything was going to be a surprise, but I would have thought that maybe it would not have had the debilitating effect on, on the world and sports, um, like it did, but it did. And, um, man, has it kind of left a lot in the wake and at least, um, small consolation is, is we, we kind of, I use the NCAA basketball tournament because it was conference tournament time when it happened, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned. So I'm kind of looking at it as, okay, it's a year now we're, we're going to have a tournament we mentioned on Friday, maybe not as exciting without all the fans, but, at least it's a sign that we're moving forward. So uh, I I see where little by little campuses are saying we're going to have in the fall. We've, there's enough feeling there from the medical folks. Hey, look, we can have a fall on campus with like real students. We've got people talking about we planning on having fans. We hope full capacity and I don't know whether they will or they won't. None of none of my business and none of my, No way for me to know. The fact that we're discussing this is a positive. So we've come a long way. So grateful to be here. Grateful that we survived it and hope and pray that we don't have to go through anything like that. And we're better prepared if we do.
0: Well, you know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is out. This week, I saw in Mississippi, for example, they're going to have 30,000 Johnson & Johnson vaccines by the end of the week to pass out. Not a huge number, but put that number on top of the Pfizer vaccines, on top of the Moderna vaccines. And and look, here's the thing, not to get political at all, but by September of this year, if you want to be vaccinated, you'll be vaccinated. Mm Mm-hmm if you don't want to be vaccinated, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these, I guess I'm a libertarian here. If you don't want to be vaccinated. Okay. But if you want to be vaccinated, you'll be vaccinated. And if we're vaccinated and then add to that, the number of people like myself who still test positive for antibodies, kind of no reason to shut things down anymore. I, I, I think that's where we are. I was, I, I was excited to see what Alabama said yesterday or day before yesterday about full stadiums and and open campuses. And Ole Miss said something similar last week. Um, I'm waiting for Ole Miss to announce that hey, we're also going to open up the Grove. People can tailgate again. As the, you, people can get back to it again. There's no reason that you can't. And so I'm I'm hopeful that those kinds of announcements are coming here in the next few weeks. I I think you know we're about twelve days. From uh, daylight savings time, the days being longer, the sun being out longer, it's going to start to, you and I have lived in the south our, most of our, our lives, and I'm going to predict here, Chris, that as March turns to April and April turns to May and May turns to June, here's my hot take for the day, it's going to get warm, it's going to begin to get warmer, uh, people want to be outside, they're going to get out, people are going to do things, and I just I just think the pushback is going to begin from people here fairly soon a year ago when this happened people were scared and rightfully so and people didn't know what to expect and didn't know what we were dealing with a year later i think we do and i i I sense out there there's a a a shift and in the overall thought of most people and we'll see how it goes I, i just i just think i think as the fall nears um there's going to be not an expectation, but frankly, I think there's going to be a demand that there's a return to some form of normalcy.
1: Yeah, I know. I, um, I am guilty and it's very, very narrow minded of me, but I am so just with my life involving football every day, I tend to focus everything on that. And it's not the way you're supposed to be. It's just, it's the way I am. So I kind of relate everything. And I know that as we're so this past weekend was when the combine was going to be there and and we, we got the combine in last year. And so the, the first thing, at least from a football standpoint, from a scouting preparation standpoint, which is the majority of my focus right now, uh, free agency in the draft, uh, mostly draft now is a lot of the free agent work is, for me anyways, already done is we didn't have a combine obviously. So now we've got the, um, got in the spring days that all schools are making their spring days of when they're going to be. And, and we normally have pro days, but they're taking on a different role for people who may be interested. Don't know. It's down to, you can only have three team representatives to be at the, at the day. Um, you don't have to go of course, but you, if you do, you can only have three. So if you want to go and you want to look, you know, you know, study Mac Jones, you got, you know, three guys, you know, whatever. Um, and so, and then obviously the medical folks, we, it's going to be done a little bit differently. We're having a problem and I say, we, and you know, I know people only care about themselves. It's normal. I'm not, but we're having a little bit of a problem. What we're going to do out West, where there is a little bit more of an issue. We still don't know if we're going to have, for example, cows pro day is going to combine with TCU. We're trying to work through things like that to where we get them to, to Fort Worth. You know, that's kind of the the California and Texas railroad, so to speak, flight plan is, but it's really important for us as we try to get the work done on the intangible part of the players in the physical Zoom meetings are one thing, but the medical stuff is the most important thing. So it is as ironically, as I tell people all the time, as we had an upheaval in football and what's the primary focus of our show here, we got the combine in last year but we're, it hadn't, as we, as a year anniversary, we haven't quite gotten it cleaned up to where we could have a combine this year. I don't think the combine would have been smart. All things considered, considered uh, of everything, how that combine is laid out, but that's kind of what's going on now. It's having an effect. As we mentioned, I'm a little, I know a lot of people in college, I'm sure you've talked with them. A lot of coaches and administrators are frustrated with the the whole dead period being moved back to May 31st. And that is, what the hell we're we going to do on June 1st? What's the plan on June 1st? So what, all right. So it's debt. You better have the plan. Cause June 1st, we got to know what the heck, cause this kicking it down the road stuff is, is to the point now where it's beyond frustrating. Okay, look, we can live with it. We don't like May 31st. You better have your plan now, you know, of what's happening June 1st and beyond.
0: I've been struck Chris by how many, kids and i'm not the one talking to them our, our recruiting guy zach barry does a really good job covering Ole miss recruiting for rebel grove Zach
1: does a great job he shows on this network and the, we appreciate him yep
0: zach's talking to a lot of the 2022 kids and there's a kind of a theme that's coming out in in, in these interviews these are guys that are finishing up their junior years they want to go visit schools they've, they've gotten offers now not the official offers but they've gotten the the offers that I used to call camp offers. Hey, we really like you. Come to camp. We want to see you. We want to get to know you, blah, blah, blah. Well, now these guys have gotten, you know, maybe, I don't know, a Kids got an offer from Ole Miss and Arkansas and West Virginia and TCU or whatever. I'm just making up some schools. Hell, I don't know. And he wants to go see those schools. Well, he can't right now because of the dead period. And they're all starting to say the same thing, which is, it's fine. I'm good as long as they don't extend it again because this summer I'm going to go see some places and check it out and get to talk to some people and make some decisions and go to some camps and stuff like that. I'm with you. I think there has to at some point this is my frustration with all of it. And I'm trying not to make this a personal thing because like we've I've seen this my daughter Caroline is the Student body president at Oxford High School. And so she gets in on some of these meetings about things. You know, it's like, okay, well, we, we're not going to do this. Okay, well, what about this? What about prom? What about graduation? That's not till May. What's the plan for graduation? And there's this, well we'll, well, we'll get to that when we get to it. I'm a little concerned from a recruiting standpoint that the NCAA just isn't going to have the fortitude to say, okay, we've now had a 15-month dead period. We're going to open it back up. We're going to let uh, students take on-campus unofficial visits. We're going to let universities hold camps. We're, uh, We're going to let the coaches get to know kids and stuff, and we're going to, effective September 1st, reinstate official visits. We're going to announce announce now that, hey, the dead period runs through midnight, May 31st. But on June 1st, we're opening it up. We're going to let kids go take visits. We're going to let that kid that I just made up from wherever, we're going to let him take that unofficial trip to, to Oxford and then swing up to Fayetteville and then swing over to Fort Worth to visit TCU. We're going to let that family plan that trip now to go to Morgantown to check it out. Hey, West Virginia's been Zooming us twice a week. We we really like Coach Brown and the staff there, but you know it's a long way from Minden, Louisiana to Morgantown, West Virginia. And if we're going to go visit it and we kind of feel like we do want to take that visit, we need to plan it now. I'm right. ready for the NCAA to make that announcement. That announcement isn't irresponsible, but here's my, my concern, Chris. My concern is that when the NCAA makes that announcement, they're going to take this beating and they know it. there's going there's a Twitter beating that you get, a social media beating that you get. Oh, you're irresponsible, you don't you don't value uh, health and life and you're killing people and you're this and you're that. And I think that fear of that beating causes people to to pull back and it becomes a paralysis. That's a little bit of my concern is that there's going to be this kind of paralysis in in getting out of the pandemic phase and back into the, OK, how do we resume normalcy phase?
1: Yeah, you got to you got to look. You got to be strong. You got to you know, you're you're the the fear of the PR backlash. I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I don't I can't remember who, I, who it was. I was I heard I think it was. Getting on an interview or something, and it was a was a clip from somebody, and it was something to the effect of, "Um, oh, I know what it was. It was a clip from Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and he said words to the effect of, you know, talking about the season and what have you, and and he made some kind of a um, flippant comment." with regard to, you know, how the like start and all that. And it was, we had a more stringent medical, I, I'm paraphrasing, stringent, more medical, you know, we, he didn't say we took it more serious. He took it, you know, buddy, but that's what was he was meaning. Meaning we had, we had, a, we had a different look at, at medically. And I thought to myself, you know, what a, what a pompous, jackass but because i mean all right you know don't don't come in here i mean if anybody if anybody saw it and i don't i don't blame anybody including the schools in the spring that are playing in the spring because they felt like they didn't have the money to do all the testing in the fall i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm not a political guy i don't know i don't know the answer medically to all that i don't i mean i have no flipping clue so i don't I just do what I'm told because and I'm gonna exercise on the side of caution just for me and what have you. But the point is, is I think everybody has some differing ideas and minds. And I think we saw that if you handle it correctly, and certainly if you're in a place like the NFL that has a lot of money, major college football, you could have gone down the path. I think everybody looks at what the SEC did, for example. And saw they did a really good job, but I thought it was kind of, and it was a recent quote, by the way. So it was kind of like almost, oh yeah, you know, we were criticized and we didn't have, you know, but we were, you know, we were, we were a little bit, I'm paraphrasing again. we, We were a little bit more concerned about medical. And I thought to myself, what a, what a pompous, you know, a hole, because I mean, that's, You want to go ahead, made your decision. You're fine with your decision. That's fine. But I think most people, including your fan base, thought you screwed this up big time. But anyway, you know, I I, and I don't know that he did or he didn't. Maybe they were right. But the point is, is why go there? I mean, we did what we thought was best. That's that. Leave it at that. Not we're higher and mightier than you. We're smarter than you. We we care more about the student and the student athletes and the medical care than you. I thought that was low blow. Uh,
0: wasn't that long ago, Chris, we were talking about Eric Gilbert, the uh, former LSU uh, <laughs> tied in transferring from LSU to Florida. He announced on Twitter, I lose track of the days. Maybe it was Sunday. Maybe it was Monday. Maybe it was Saturday. I don't know he announced recently that hey I'm reopening it I'm 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 open apparently there was an academic issue uh with Florida where he he wasn't going to be eligible to play at Florida so Eric Gilbert back on the market where can he go where can he go and what do you anticipate happening
1: I'm not sure he's going to play football this year I don't know if he's going to be academically eligible we think we got to start there and it may be even a lower level I mean, you gotta figure we gotta figure out his academic stuff because I don't know the details there other than not quite sure where he is academically I keep hearing that you know like meaning and again I don't know where is he taking classes is it online at lSU is it I mean I, he never did anything at Florida so i I don't know where it was so look um I think there's some obviously you know family issues and don't know exactly what they are. I wouldn't want to repeat rumors I, you know, so, uh, wish him well, but I, I think I'd be really careful there. There's a lot of rumors. Well, he's going to go back to LSU. Harrison Bailey's teammate is going to go to Tennessee. I don't know, maybe, but as I said, I, I don't know that he's going to end up at any place. It's not just some really great talent. We got to first figure out if this guy's going to even be academically eligible or, if, Will his stuff transfer and where is he going to go? So I really don't know. I think we need to figure out, you know, that kid needs to take care of some some stuff. And maybe by, by the summer, Neil, he will. And if he, hopefully he does because he's a really good talent. But right now it's not about football or where he wants to play. It's about emotional issues and family issues. Doesn't sound like George is even a possibility right now. Yeah, it doesn't sound like
0: he was very far along academically at L S U in, in no. that semester. That no that was going to be a problem there too. Um mentioned Florida. Obviously Kyle Trask had a big season. Kyle Trask talked about by some as a possible first round pick in the NFL draft. We'll see. You can you can talk about Trask if you'd like. I am curious what do you anticipate with the Gators at quarterback now that Kyle Trask is is uh um, applying his trade in the national football
1: league. Well, you know, I like Emory Jones a lot. I think he's, um, a really talented kid. Uh, I think that there's going to be, uh, a different type of how they're going to play him. I think he's got better movement skills and more design stuff. So I think you'll see that. I think it's going to be a a competition to see kind of where the, the younger guys are. um, you know, uh, Richardson, you know, I mean, I I think there are a couple of young guys look, it's, it's, I think, I think he made some comment yesterday. I'm not sure you may be aware of it. I was a little bit out of pocket yesterday, but apparently Dan made some comment about open competition in the spring and no one's ahead. That's, that's typical stuff. And I, I believe it. I I still think it's Emory Jones, but I mean, we'll see. I think, I think it really what really comes down with Emory is yeah, he can, he can run, but can he, can he be effective enough as a passer? And I think that's the key. And if he can't, then I think it's all bets are off and we'll see who will, who can develop. I feel comfortable in saying that I think that Dan will do the right. I mean, he, he will, he will develop the quarterback well and utilize the quarterback. Well, it's the thing he does best is that he will take what the quarterback can do and I think he can develop the guy, and I think he, can, whether it's Dak or anybody that he's had, he's got the most out of him. and I think he'll do a good job with Emory or whoever it ends up being.
0: Um, is that the key for Florida to be able to compete with Georgia as the quarterback position? Or is I know we've talked about rosters and stuff. They've the, the, There's a gap there between Georgia and Florida. It didn't matter a whole lot last year because Trask was so good in that game. How how critical, I mean, it's a dumb question, but how critical is it that Florida not have a big fall off at quarterback in terms of competing with Georgia?
1: Oh, I think it's critical. I mean, I think, look, I think they got Georgia last year. Uh, Well, Again, a a lot of it depends on Georgia, okay? I mean, I, I anticipate Georgia to be better, maybe quite a bit better on offense. Georgia, to your point, Georgia screw up at quarterback last year killed them it killed them against Florida It killed them from being a national you know uh player in the, in the, in a sense I mean I think Georgia's um better um it, it I think Florida can beat them but I think Georgia has to help a little bit I think if Georgia plays the best in their offense with their experience with JT and we don't know who's going to be healthy at the time but but certainly going in Georgia's the better looking roster the better looking team and I'd I like their quarterback situation better than Florida. But by the time they play, it may not be the same. It may look different, and and we'll revisit that. But I think it's critical. I don't think they're quite as talented overall as uh, Georgia. I think Georgia will be better defensively. But Florida does have playmakers. And if Georgia doesn't play well or perform well or they kind of take their foot off the gas and, and they don't quite develop, well enough by the time they play Florida. I mean, I think Florida is to the point now where this can be, you better play your best Georgia or or Florida will make you pay. But I do think it's Georgia and Florida in that order in terms of the overall roster. And as much as I like Dan, I think that the consistency of the program for what Kirby's done. And I agree. I think Dan's a little bit better with game day management and, and well, at least with the quarterback and what have you, but I think the overall consistency of the Georgia program is is what impresses me uh, the most in that they're always going to be there to some degree.
0: Speaking of quarterbacks and elite programs, obviously Alabama is the, the the elite program in the country and has been for the balance of the last decade plus. Uh, Mac Jones had a great year, almost won a Heisman, lost to a teammate, probably worked his way into the first round of the draft. What's the Alabama quarterback situation look like?
1: You know, I think it's – I mean, I do think it's Bryce Young. I mean, again, when you don't have a lot of reps for any of these guys, you're just looking at a lot of, okay, what did – what are you really looking at? You're looking at ability. You're looking at, you're looking at how they played out of high school. You're looking at things that you just don't have a whole lot to go on. Um, you know, I just don't know that Paul Tyson is at this stage going to make a strong enough run at him, but I, but I think that uh, he could, by the way, we left you, we talked yesterday about Ty Simpson. This has nothing to do with this year, but Ty Simpson, we mentioned Alabama Clemson. He did commit to Alabama. I'm sure people know that by now, but I would say that it's Bryce young. Um, I don't see anybody else really in the mix at this point. Um, you know, it would have to be Paul Tyson and who's done a really nice job, different type guys. Um, Bryce is not real tall. I mean, he's a little bit of a Tua look to him. And, um, you know, Paul Tyson's the bigger pocket guy, you know. So it'd be interesting to see how they develop. But I, I, I think it's um it's it's a it's a little work in progress there. And and it's the, the unknown there at quarterback that probably is of course last year it was, you know, can Bryce can Mac Jones beat out Bryce Young. So Bryce, that talent, he's had a year to sit down.
0: Um We'll jump around a little bit some topics that are out there in the football world JJ Watt announces yesterday on uh, Twitter and I guess it's going to be uh, made official for a press conference form today JJ Watt joining the Arizona Cardinals are you surprised by that and what does JJ Watt do for the Cardinals and what does his loss mean for the Texans
1: a little bit surprised because just the teams that I heard that were contenders um uh was not necessarily that high on the in fact I don't know that I really heard it on uh heard it through many reliable sources Arizona's in there hurts I thought it was going to be a contending team and I think they are they've got a him opposite Chandler Jones is really intriguing but I was surprised I thought I thought that I wasn't really sure where he was going to go but I didn't Didn't think it was necessarily going to be the Cardinals. That really surprised me yesterday when I heard it.
0: Does he help them?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think he's a good situational player. Give you 600 snaps. No, but he can give you 350, maybe 400. It's an incentivized contract. It's a, it's a two-year deal, but with some options there, um, not a lot of guaranteed money, um, Makes a lot of sense. No, I think it has. It's a. It's a really good value for them. Um, You know whether it's a put them over the top type move. I don't know, but he's he's really, really good um, in terms of his ability to play, stand up, hands down, play in a in a five technique, a seven technique, play inside, play outside. He does. He's about as versatile as any defensive lineman we've seen in a while.
0: There was a story, and I can't remember where Ben Lindsey, ref- Ben Leslie, I should say, references it here on uh, on the thread. There was a story came out yesterday, quoting an anonymous former coach, certainly implied that it was a Texans coach. Uh, kind of bad talking Watt, for lack of a better term, talked about Watt being selfish and more concerned about his statistics than anything else. I didn't find that to be the best look in the world for the Texans, and that's somewhat out of the Texans' control. It's possible it's a former coach. It's possible it's a coach that's on the staff. It was an anonymous source. This is the same franchise that's having all sorts of trouble with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson putting his foot down basically over the course of the last week, almost implying he's willing to sit out a season and not play. He's saying, I'm not going to play for the Texans. This is a a stare-off between those two that a lot of people think will go until April. But then the draft rolls around at some point, Chris, and you have to start, if you're the Texans, you do have to get to a place where you have to say, well, are we going to call his bluff or not? There's, so I'm asking a lot here about the Texans. One is just, what is the atmosphere like in that franchise right now? J.J. Watt, who was one of the two faces of the of the franchise, is very involved in the community, beloved in Houston for all the charitable work that he's done. J.J. Watt's now in Arizona. And then the other face of the franchise, and frankly, the more prominent face of the franchise, Deshaun Watson, publicly saying now, I'm not playing.
1: Yeah, first of all, I've never heard that from any of the Texans coaches that have coached him. I've heard the opposite. Uh, what a great leader he was, you know, unselfish, you know, always willing to do things. You know, the only thing that's ever been with JJ is he's just staying healthy and trying to hold him back tried to get back too soon and probably hurt himself in terms of maybe getting back too soon and, and they're having to hold him back. My concern with that is I don't even know if any of that's true. You you know what I mean? Like uh, anonymous coaches. uh, All right. And I hate to say it. And and I know it's a profession that you're in. You're, you're one of the the true pros, but I, I mean, yeah, and I don't know who that would be, you know, but, but a lot of stuff just gets made up. And I, I don't know, I mean, I can't, I can't answer it. I, I know this, that I know coaches that have coached him and they've all said great things. Now, is there somebody that maybe had a, per- I don't know. I mean, I just don't, I don't know that, that, uh, and that's the unfortunate thing. Could it be right now, just the people piling on, uh, to the Texans? Cause that's the only place he's coached, you know, a, a plates so with coach. The problem there is obviously, um, in a transition with Deshaun Watson. I don't, again, I don't know what was told Deshaun and what was not. I've said it before. You don't ever tell a player that you're going to let him in on a coaching decision or front office decision. That's not the the player's uh, responsibility. Uh nor is it something that's um appropriate. Uh certainly if a player has played with a player before and you may want to inquire about something, that's great. Um there's no question that there's a lot of negative negativity in the organization. It stems from Jack Easterby, who's kind of worked his way into the the confidant of Cal McNair, the now owner of the Texans, to t- take it over from his dad, Bob, who passed away with cancer. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of negativity and a lot of negativity in the organization, how they do things. Nick Cesario has come over from New England to kind of run things. Um, what's Deshaun going to do? Well, let me just, you know, rather than predict something that I have no clue what he's going to do. Let me just kind of point out the options. He's under contract. So he can't go anywhere unless the team trades. Um, he can't make them trade him. Uh, sure. Could he sit out? Yeah, he could sit out if he wants to, you know, give up $40 million and he wants to give up. I think it's, I think I'd have to, I think it's like $96,000. Uh, per day for every time, yeah, he could he could set out all he wants and do, he can do that. That's what it's going to cost. Um, make it difficult on him. again. We explained that before, and people kind of think an NBA it's not guaranteed. So you don't show up, you're not there, you don't have to pay him that money that he's doing this contract, and you can find him. Will it get to that? I'm not saying it. will. I'm I'm just saying I don't I don't see many players sitting out letting that money go. I mean, what they may do is they come he comes in. If he comes in and he's a malcontent and a problem, which by the way is not really Deshaun Watson. Uh that's not his personality. Um, you know, could he do that, play poorly? Well, he's not really helping himself. So look, I mean, here's my experience I think you gotta communicate with people. I think you gotta be honest with people. I think you need to get to the to the to the crux of the matter. It's very easy on the outside to say, "Well, this was done, that was done." Nobody knows. I mean, everybody's reporting this or that. I think it's pretty obvious there's a lot of negativity, and I, I would imagine it's pretty warranted on some things. But exactly what happened, um, I just don't know. I just don't know all the details. And people said, "What would you do?" Well, the, the the thing you do is you don't let it get to that point. You make sure that you've got things communicated well enough to know that it is. Because here's the point, if it gets so bad to where you feel you need to trade him, you're losing a little bit of value and he's got tremendous value. But if people know that you're trying to get rid of him, it doesn't help you in that situation. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's worth watching. Um, But, you know, I still think maybe it's because of the way I would kind of handle things. I, I would still think there'd be a chance. That they that he would stay, but maybe things are too far gone there. I mean, I think there's a big problem there in Seattle too with Russell Wilson that may be even more imminent.
0: I want to get to that. We're, we're going to. I want to be, and I know you do too. I want to be uh, listener driven here on the show, especially in the time of the year when there's no football games on Saturday. I mean, involving SEC teams. So put a put a pin in that conversation because I want to get back to it. As you know, I follow the Bears, not as closely as I joke about, but I do follow the Bears. And there's there are some rumors today out of Chicago from some pretty informed people about Deshaun Watson, about Russell Wilson. So I want to get your thoughts on that. But first, Jeffrey uh, Parrot here. He says, "Chris, great job on the Ty Simpson to Alabama pick. You indeed said on uh, Friday that Ty Simpson was headed to Alabama after months of people thinking Ty Simpson was headed to Clemson." He says. Can you give any insight on where you think Arch Manning is going to go? Arch Manning, of course, the son of Cooper Manning, the the nephew of Peyton and um, Eli Manning, the s- grandson of Archie Manning, who is a year behind Ty Simpson in the in the recruiting um,
1: cycles. Well, as you know, Neil, uh, they are gonna they're they are very protective of Arch. I mean, you're not going to hear him. I, they're not even letting people talk to him at this point. So. Um, it is early. I would think he's going to take his time. And, and I, I don't know where he's going to, I don't have any insight. So let's just kind of look at things deductively where things kind of make sense. Okay. Um, but the, the problem with that is there's such a long time that things could change. I, I would say, right. I mean, it's easy to say right now, but it's, it's it's not right now, but if things were like they are right now, couple of years from now, which they never are, I would say Ole Miss if because I'm gonna anticipate if Lane continues to do a good job with his offense, um, and, and maybe takes Ole Miss to where they're they're good, they're competitive. There's certainly for people who don't know, it's Cooper son and Cooper is an Ole Miss, definitely big old Miss guy. Um I I I, I would they're as good a bet as anybody right now. But what I don't know is, um, I don't know for certain Lane's going to be there in a couple of years. I don't know uh, people. Y- you throw out it, it may be somebody that maybe people don't anticipate it. Who's to say? Because I don't know the kid. Who's to say it's not Clemson? You know, you know, just a fun place to go. And go, it's not like you know, you're dealing with parents and grandparents, I can get on a plane for every road game. It ain't like, Oh boy, they want, you know what I mean? Sure. I don't know what the kid really wants to do. I don't know the kid I've actually seen them. Um, ironically last year was the first time in years because of COVID that I, I usually go to the Manning camp. I've spoken there a whole bunch and didn't go last. In fact, I don't even know if they had it last year, to be honest with you. They did not. Cause I, you know, but because of, you know, so, and I, you know, so it. it I don't know if we're going to have one this year. If he is I may see the kid, not, but I'm aware of the kid. I know the kid. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I don't think there's a clear favorite. I don't, I don't see him. I don't see any of those kids ever going to LSU. Um, uh, and I don't, I mean, I certainly would not go as long as Ed's there. I don't, I don't think, you know, unless, unless there was a dynamic looking situation there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I don't know that that I would say Alabama because I just think that's too far out with not knowing what Nick's future is. I mean, I really don't. I would say Ole Miss with Lane, if Lane is doing a good job with his ability to recruit, the fact that he's got a home field advantage at Ole Miss and the fact that the offenses will be really good, um, that would be my best guess. And then we throw out Whoever is that, and I think it would probably be a Southern. I mean, I throw like a Clemson. I mean, I don't see him going to Ohio State. You know,
0: I'll tell you the teams. I'll tell you the schools that I hear, Chris, and and I agree with you. I I do not think that as of today he's anywhere close to a decision. I don't think that as of today there's a there's a clear front runner. I think there's a group of schools that he's most interested in based on talking to people. Um, and I think you just nailed a few of them. It's, it's Ole Miss. It's Clemson. It's Georgia. No question, Georgia's in this.
1: Oh, you know what? I never ever thought about Georgia. Makes, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Particularly if Georgia starts to figure out their offense.
0: It's Oklahoma. There's a. Oh, um, it
1: would make some sense there if Lincoln's there, still there.
0: There's there's certainly an interest in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, uh, not so subtly in the last few days, has put out some social media stuff about their quarterback development at, at OU. Sure. Uh, and then I think Alabama is in it. I agree with you. I think I think Alabama's more of a long shot because of um just the uncertainty of, you know, how much longer does Nick Saban do that? Nick Saban turns 70, I believe, on Halloween this year. Correct. You, you you know, you start to wonder how much he certainly looks great, but you know, still does he does he coach until he's seventy four, until he's seventy five. What does that look like? Keep in mind that, that Arch Manning has two more seasons of high school football to play. So, you know, there there's <laughs> there's still there's still some time here. And that's the bottom line is that there's a lot of time. And you're exactly right. It's almost impossible to say, okay, I'm putting all of my chips on school X because who knows what the landscape's gonna look like in two years? Who knows what the landscape's gonna look like in one year? But I think a year from now, when we're having this conversation, it'll have a lot more um urgency to it because i i i would anticipate based on some things that i've heard that he will make that decision before he plays his senior season because he's going to be one of those guys that has recruiting coattails to a to a certain degree and he knows it and so he'll he'll utilize you know take advantage of that i i do think i do think next summer not this summer but summer of twenty twenty two, he's he's making a decision publicly.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. I never really because I 'cause I hadn't heard anything. Oklahoma makes sense and I never really thought about it, but it makes a lot of sense. Lincoln's still there. It makes a lot of sense. Clemson, because Clemson's yeah, no, it makes makes some sense. Georgia's a little bit interesting that I would think their offense would need to they need to be able to throw they need to throw the football more and more effectively for that to hold up, I would think. I, I I can't see him being as excited if they, and I don't think they're going to be. I think I think Kirby's kind of getting it into where he needs to go, but I think that makes sense. So I would try to think though, and and, I, and again I know you're saying it's early, but my thing is um, knowing how prepared they are and how they. You never know how things are going to play out, but so it'd be like seventy, Nick seventy two. So it be Nick would have to be like seventy six by the time. He would graduate from up for Alabama, Cup. that's why I say that's kind of if he if he wants to go there because of Alabama and Nick, you know, is he going to be there by the time he finishes? Because this might be a rare situation where this kid might want to play four years. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
0: Yeah, he could. You know, I think you have to if at you're um, if if you're him, you have to look at a at a scenario and say, okay, what's it going to look like for four years?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then if you're ready to be a. First round pick after your junior year, you go out, but it, it does stand to just you know it is worth noting that Peyton stayed at um at Tennessee for four years, that Eli stayed at Ole Miss for five. Um, you know there yeah. there's some history there that says that they're they're going to
1: yeah, well you know get get the insurance and they got money and it's just more development yeah. Oklahoma is really interesting. I'm glad you meant. Did not know it makes sense. Didn't heard that makes a lot of sense.
0: If you told me I could put my money on three schools versus the pool. Based on what I've heard, I think I would put it on Clemson, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. I actually think I'd put it on Georgia, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Okay. Those would be, if you told me I could have three versus the field, I think those were the three that I would
1: take. Here's the other thing what's the quarterback situation now they recruit deep enough. This is where finding this out to them. the opportunity, the competition, who's there. That'll be interesting too. kind of where you know, think pipeline pipelines. I know, you know, a cup. one of the guys in, in the thread was mentioned Friday. I can't believe you talking recruiting and, you know, it's, it's not then it pay attention to sep- September, October. No, 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 you better. If you're going to follow recruiting and I know I don't want to hit you over the head with 2023 and 24 commitment stuff and find that at Landry football, but that's part of recruiting and understanding kind of, you know, st- putting it in stations to where you have guys. That's really important, particularly the quarterback spot. I mean, getting guys that are one year apart, the guy that doesn't make it's leaving. It's going to be real interesting, be real interesting to see where, where things go. But, um,
0: Matthew Mazzoni says, would Arch go to Florida? Why not consider Florida? Here's all I can tell you. I've not heard that at all. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any buzz at all about Arch Manning to Florida. Now, let me say this and I'll reiterate what Chris said. The family is keeping this really close. The kid's not doing uh, interviews and stuff, so it's it's certainly possible that everyone is wrong. But look, <laughs> I am talking to people who know the family, and I don't hear Florida. I, I those are the schools that I hear. I, I, I there was a little buzz at one point about Tennessee, about LSU. I don't hear that anymore. It, it feels like it's been narrowed down. I hear a lot of Ole Miss, a lot of Georgia, a lot of Oklahoma, some Clemson, some Alabama. That's about it.
1: Stability is important. Is Dan Mullen going to be there? Um, you know, I, I, I just start there. Just from a pure football standpoint, Dan Mullen's there, good quarterback coach, but Kirby's going to be there. Uh, Dabble's going to be there because he's not – not going to leave to go to Alabama if Nick. So, you know, uh, now Lincoln, you know, that, that, that would, that would be the, the, that would knock Oklahoma out. If Lincoln were to leave and go in the NFL, right. Um, it and would think, knock
0: them yeah. out. And I think that's the only place that Lincoln Riley would leave Oklahoma for, is for the NFL.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, he's only, it's only an NFL situation. So, um, you know i i think uh the stability at clemson georgia makes some sense uh and, and again you know i don't know i don't i can't say there but uh i think Ole miss is always going to kind of be in the mix there but i think it'd probably depend a lot on lane being there you know
0: agreed all right i'm going to get back to the bears in just a minute but first yes. and and russell wilson deshaun watson not just the bears but just all the quarterback Uh, talk in the nfl going in as we get closer and closer to the draft a lot of zach wilson talk there's a lot there that i want to get your thoughts on here in the last 17 18 minutes of the show but first i want to tell you that we're brought to you by blue sky blue sky believes in being uh fast fresh and friendly um through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores blue sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. And they'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the southeast. We are also brought to you by our friends at uh, Alpha Specialties. Alpha Specialties located at Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailers being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated load trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. They also have Hallmark cargo trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market. Perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. They can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just to your specifications. And for podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels. Starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories, and listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full-service shop. Give them a call, 601-932-9798, or check them out at Alpha of MS.com. All right, Chris, uh, I wanted to get to this about the Bears. It's pretty... The people that are saying this are pretty dialed in. It's possible they're wrong. You know, it's this is the time of the year that rumors fly, and not every rumor's right, but not every rumor's wrong either. And one of the rumors that's out there, and again, this comes from some pretty informed people, is that the Bears have a pretty attractive offer on the table for Deshaun Watson. There's more buzz in Chicago about Russell Wilson, but the informed people say the Bears are going to do everything they can to get one of these two guys. Watson's the priority, and they're willing to
1: pay. Well, we talked about it a couple of times. The The head coach and the general manager's jobs depend upon it. They've got to fix the quarterback situation, or else they're not going to win and they're not going to survive. And some are frustrated because they haven't survived the whole Mitchell Trubisky mistake. you got to fix it. How do you fix it? Um, fixing, fixing it through the draft is. Uh, precarious for them they like to get that that fixed well I think both make sense I mean listen Deshaun Watson has is is a little better graded player and I think is the guy that they would prefer and I think that this is a team the Bears are not a bear team I I don't know that he, he puts them you know in position to be um, in an elite level, but he, he certainly makes a huge difference. Now I remind folks that, you know, he, he, didn't exactly carry the Texans. They, they won four games last year. So, you know, it's, um, uh, but I, I think it makes sense. Now it's going to cost, it's going to gut them. And here's the thing about making a move like this. It's going to cost you a lot of picks. That's what they're going to want.
0: Yeah. Give me a, give me a rough. I know you don't know, but what's a rough price tag. Well, if, I, if, if the football gods came down today and said, Hey, Chris, The Bears are trading for Deshaun Watson. What would sort of be your guess as to what that trade looked like?
1: It's going to cost them three first-round picks. Now, here's the problem that the Bears have. If you're the Texans, first of all, we have to make an assumption that the Texans change their mind because I can tell you, I've talked to people in the league. When they've called to at least just off the cuff, Texans are not even having discussions about so, – so nobody knows what it is. I'm just supposing here. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I can tell you that I feel that the Texans are going to need, they're going to be more inclined to make a trade for a team that can give them a quarterback. So if they could get – and I've always said this. I'm not saying they want to do it. The team that they'd probably be most interested in making the trade with if they were willing to do it would be the dolphins because tool would be part of the deal. So the Texans could get a quarterback that they, that Nick Cesario liked a like coming out of Alabama. So he gets that and, and the dolphins could leverage that with, you know, getting something and, and getting Deshaun Watson and it would cost still cost, but that's a better situation. Even you know if they like the young sam Darnold and feel they can develop him you know that 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 that's another place they could go the bears can't offer that bears can't offer that that you know the the, the the that's the problem that the bears have with doing a deal and getting a deal done with the texans but doesn't mean it can't be done it just means they've got to figure out their their quarterback situation and maybe they'll have some other plans but it's going to cost them in the neighborhood of that particularly that because remember And when I say three first-round picks, it's okay to say that because that's the Bears. I always tell people all the time when people say, what's the price for Deshaun Watson? People say three first-round picks. No, 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 no. Not generically. It's where is your pick? Because remember, the first pick, the 10th pick, the 30th pick, they're all different positions in the first round, and they're all first-round picks. So don't tell me it's worth three first-round picks. It would cost the Bears three first-round picks, or if it involves a player or two that could mitigate some of the picks. It's going to cost, but I absolutely can tell you that the Bears are turning over every rock to try to to fix their quarterback situation with a veteran. There's no doubt. So I expect them to be in it.
0: The other rumor that's out there involves both Watson and Wilson, and it's the Jets who have that second pick, which kind of makes more sense. You know, the Jets... Might, like you said, you look at these young quarterbacks and you go, Okay, well, Trevor Lawrence is going number one. And then after that, maybe you like maybe you like Zach Wilson, maybe you like Justin Fields. I know people are a little scared of the guy from North Dakota because he just hasn't played much football the last twenty months or so. Not his fault, but it is what it is. Um that pick's attractive. You could trade that pick, get one of these guys, essentially take Deshaun Watson with the second pick in the draft and the Texans get the second pick and more things and the Texans can draft Zach Wilson or whoever. What's what do you anticipate the Jets doing in other words Chris I'm I'm I'm, I'm yeah muttered my way through a bad question but do no. you anticipate the Jets using that pick on their own or do you think they use that pick as a commodity to step up and get one of these proven quarterbacks?
1: Well, all right so what is what is they going to do? not a hundred percent certain, but I'm not, not certain at all. For me, I wouldn't, I believe that, for example, at number two, um, and I, I want to take it through because it's not just what I think. I, I would stick with Sam Donald, probably take Panay I think Sam Donald has got a lot of ability and potential that, you know, taking a quarterback at number two is you're taking somebody that was no better than Sam Donald coming out of USC. But if you can get a Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun has expressed some interest potentially in playing in New York, it's got to be New York and and not the Jets. God bless them. That's not a good situation. You know, I mean, you're going from a bad organization that you don't like to one that hasn't done a whole lot in a while either. But be that as it may, the issue is if you're the Jets, okay, now you got your quarterback. But You've got a team that's worse talent-wise than the Texans. And we saw what Deshaun did with only helping them the four wins. And the Jets probably not going to win four games combined the next two years. And you have now are going to give up all those picks that you're going to use to build around Deshaun. So how are you going to build a team? So that becomes the issue that, yeah, Deshaun Watson, you solve your quarterback situation. Good young quarterback, under contract, lots of talent now you got to build around them and you you're going to give up a boatload of picks to do that. How do you do that? That, that to me is difficult to me. That's hard to work through in my mind to see how that's going to really benefit the jets. Um, I, you know, that's how I see it. So I don't, I don't know that it makes the sense there as much as maybe some people might think. Um, you know, and again, I'm not saying, you know, the dolphins, you know, like, like to, and I think they're comfortable with it. I think what you're going to see is the Jets are going to make a play because I think they want to see what that number two pick can get them. Because essentially the, the we can call it like we want. The Jags are not on the clock. The Jets are. Because the yeah. Jags are not trading the pick. They're taking Lawrence. So they, they want to see what they could get. And they want to kind of sell the idea. And I think you're going to hear a lot of that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not love Zach Wilson, love Justin Fields, love this. Quarterbacks are great love. You know, it's somebody that maybe wants to move up for him because I do think, well, I like Panay I like some options. I think the jets, if I, if it were me, I'd be looking to move down a few spots, get more picks. Cause I feel like I've got a quarterback that I can build around And I don't think anybody that I'm drafting in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence, which I'm not drafting, is any better. I think Sam's got the intangibles or what have you. But as long as they got the team that they have right now, they ain't going to win with with anybody. I mean, the Jets won two games, you know, and they got worse talent than the Texans. And the Texans only won four. So I don't see how Deshaun Watson fixes all their issues.
0: That's the other rumor in Chicago is that the Jets are going to go quarterback at two and they're going to move Darnold and maybe the Bears can, can get Darnold for a much cheaper price than they would pay for uh, either Wilson or, uh, or Deshaun Watson. I don't know. The problem with, with Darnold is that it doesn't, and this sounds crazy, and I acknowledge that it's crazy, but I've also yeah. spent enough time in Chicago to know that media can drive things there. I don't know that Sam Darnold quiets the storm. And yeah,
1: and and look, a guy Tony there says the Jets can build through. You don't build through free agency, Tony. Free agency, you don't build through free agency. Okay, that's 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 a misnomer. You you don't build. You build through the draft. Free agency is bad value. So spending money, they're a long way away. So no, the only way you do it is 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 through the draft. That's the only good value you have, and you're not getting the impact players in free agency. Not enough of them, anyway.
0: So you agree with Daniel Codo here who says Jets should follow the Browns model, stockpile first-round picks until 60% of the starting lineup is first-rounders?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and no, Tony, you're wrong. The, the Texans don't have worse talent than the Jets. No, sorry. I mean, I study tape, and I, I get it. No. Thank you for listening, though. Jets do have cool uniforms. They do, yeah. The- Love the people who will say, no, no, I I will watch games on TV. Thank you. I'll, t- I'll tell you who has the better talent. Thank you.
0: Any chance at all, Chris, and I'm just asking because I'm curious, any chance at all that uh, the Jaguars do something different than draft Trevor Lawrence, number one?
1: I don't think so, no. Um, look, I mean, you always keep the option open of <sighs> – Something that is just, um, an offer you can't refuse. Um, but I don't see, in fact, I will say this. I, I don't think Urban Meyer takes a job if they're not, um, Trevor Lawrence. I think he took the job because he can get Trevor Lawrence. That's what I think.
0: Kind of what I think too. Uh, we do this every week. Basketball season, the final week of the regular season is upon us. It begins tonight, uh, slate of four games tonight. Arkansas, nine SEC wins in a row. They go to South Carolina looking to make that 10 in a row. The, uh, the Hogs have pretty much wrapped up the second seed in next week's SEC tournament. Alabama is the SEC uh, regular season champ. Congratulations to Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide. They uh, host Auburn tonight at um, 6 Central, 7 Eastern. The uh, Arkansas game, by the way, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. Uh, Then the two late games, Vanderbilt uh, is at LSU. LSU, kind of on the skids a little. Got to figure it out. Vanderbilt coming to town. And then uh, Kentucky is at Ole Miss, a game that um, I thought a week ago might have some meaning. It, It doesn't. It doesn't at all now. The uh, let's see the the two games tomorrow. We gotta to figure out on my screen how to get it there. Uh, the two games tomorrow are um, Missouri is at Florida, be a big game. Two teams probably headed to the NCAA tournament, and then uh, Mississippi State is at Texas A and M. Two teams that are not headed to the SEC tournament, heading into the final week. Standings look like Alabama 14 and 2 in the league, 19 and 6 overall, probably a two seed in the NCAA tournament. Arkansas 19 and 5 overall, 11 and 4 in the league, uh, probably a four seed in the NCAA tournament, maybe a chance to move up a little bit more than that. Uh, both of those guys, Nate Oates at Alabama and uh, Eric Musselman at Arkansas, have done terrific jobs, just terrific jobs at those two programs in their second seasons. Uh, Mike White at Florida has done a great job. They're thirteen and six overall, nine and five in the league. Safely in the NCAA tournament. LSU fourteen and eight, nine and six. Um, they're in the tournament, but they they've they've underachieved, in my opinion. You almost wonder if distractions have been an issue for Will Wade and and, and LSU. Uh, Tennessee sixteen and seven overall, nine and seven in the league, in the tournament, but a real disappointment for the, the Vols, a team that a lot of people talked about being a Final Four team. That's not going to happen. Speaking of disappointments, Ole Miss has lost two of its last three games. They lost to Mississippi State. They lost to Vanderbilt. The Rebels have absolutely slit their own throats as it pertains to making the NCAA tournament. Ole Miss 13 and 10 overall, 8 and 8 in the league. Missouri 14 and 7, 7 and 7. Missouri probably on the bubble, but on the good side of the bubble. They just need to win some games. Uh, Kentucky, we talked about them last week some. 8 and 14 overall, 7 and 8 in the league, headed to Oxford tonight. Mississippi State, Georgia, Auburn, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt rounded out. The only teams that head to Nashville next week feeling great are Alabama, Arkansas, and Florida. LSU and Tennessee feel pretty good. Missouri feels okay. And everybody else, Chris, if they want to make the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to go on a run in Nashville and win a whole bunch of games in consecutive days and get it done. Otherwise, no chance. And for a couple of those teams, Ole Miss, in particular, they're going to look back on this season when it's over, and they are not going to feel good about themselves. Ole Miss needs like therapy at the end of this because they <laughs> they will have done they will have done the damage to themselves. Ole Miss will look back on this season and say we lost twice to Georgia. Win one of those two games, lost to Vanderbilt. Can't lose that game. Lost at home to Mississippi State. Just change those results. Don't change anything else. And you're in the tournament because the bubble is so weak. Yeah. But, you know, I, I say this all the time. I covered Andy Kennedy, the old Miss coach for, I don't know what, nine years. And he always would say, you are what the numbers say you are. And when the numbers say you're mediocre, you're mediocre.
1: Yeah. You are what your record says you are. An old Parcells quote that I think, uh, Rings true, you know. You can always what if your way into this or that, but you are what your record says you are. No doubt about it.
0: We will be back on Friday with another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about? we we'll continue to talk about the draft. We'll talk about some pro days. We'll talk about how the, uh, the 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 scouting model is just so off this year because of the COVID regulations and stuff. And I'll be curious. One of the things I'll ask Chris about is is that going to lead to mistakes in evaluation or is it going to lead to teams not overthinking some things as they get close to the draft and maybe it, it leads to a more true draft so we'll we'll talk about those things and more on friday until then thanks to everybody in the thread for being with us uh daniel and tony and grind and everybody who was with yeah, us thanks today.
1: guys great appreciate you joining us
0: hope to see you on uh friday when we reconvene so until then for chris i'm neil take care